well, what was supposed to be a one-week absence, uh, thanks to my vacation, turned into a two-week absence because you were off last Friday, Jessica Wetzler, uh, political-slash-do-it-all reporter here at the Daily News Record. Uh, but now we are back with another edition of Valley Polity. Jessica, how are you doing? I, you know, I'm playing a bit of catch-up here, but this was a great week to come back. Yeah, <laughs> we got plenty Plenty of things to recap on this go around. Hey, and if you don't know, uh, Tuesday was crossover day. That is where the bills change hands from the House to the the Senate uh, and from the Senate to the, and vice versa. Uh, big things happened. Uh, talk to me, Jessica. What, what are some of these big things that, that people need to be paying attention to that happened on crossover day? Yeah, so some of the things that went down on Tuesday, and on Tuesday it was hours and hours of these people in session, and it was pretty brutal. But some of the things moving forward, we're looking at raising the minimum wage, we're looking at letting local governments remove Confederate statues, we're looking at granting legal driving privileges to undocumented immigrants, and rolling back mandatory ultrasounds and 24-hour waiting periods for abortions, which kind of went hand-in-hand to the March for Life rally that also happened this week. Took place on Thursday. They said over 1,000. Yes. So there was a lot happening. And so in the Senate, just to kind of give a brief recap, there were um, about uh, 1,095 Senate bills introduced this session and 662 passed, and we'll go to the House and then the other side of the chambers for the House, um, there were 17, um, 1,734 House bills introduced, and nearly half went through. There's 824 passed. So there's still plenty of work to be done. The Senate may have their hands more full than the House at this rate, but you know, you never know. Things could happen. Bills could be dropped off. They could be killed in committee meetings. We're moving. We're halfway through at this point, so there's a lot to still be accomplished and yeah <laughs> yeah so, so the, the fun's only half over folks i mean we got another what 30 days of this I, I yeah maybe even less at this point i know it's the first week of march is when everything's done for and and in senate was in session uh a lot longer than house uh despite those lower amount of bills uh Oban shane had a late night this week Yes. When I spoke with him Wednesday morning, he said he didn't get to his apartment in Richmond till after one in the morning. And I heard from Emmett Hanger on Tuesday. He sent me a text over a little after 11 saying that he was still in session, was very unclear if they would make it through the night. But, you know, and in the legislator, your day's done when it's done. It doesn't matter if it's midnight or if it's in the next day, it just depends on when you can finish. That sounds familiar uh, to us here at the the Daily News Record. Uh, Valley reps, uh, you know, I, I mean, is there a, a is there a uh, like a, a an X point for what is a good good approval rate for your bills? Because our Valley reps were at sixty five point nine percent. I mean, is that? I mean, obviously, it's over. 50 percent it's over half i mean is that considered good they have that kind of approval rate it's in a good range i mean you always want to shoot for getting the most bills that you put out there passed and what we could see with our valley legislators is they did i mean they were putting out a bunch of bills and majority of those were passed um that percentage may have played a factor and just because we have um freshman delegate chris ronnie and he only put out five bills and only two went forward so that kind of plays into a factor and then also we have uh minority leader todd gilbert he didn't put out any bills so that kind of impacted 
if um, our Valley reps that are here in Rockingham County could get a higher number, a lower number, whatnot. We kind of are essentially a one man down over here. So, but they did did pretty well. I mean, they put out 88 bills and 58 of them went through. So that was quite a big number. And that doesn't include any budget amendments or resolutions. It's just the straight, straight up bills. So how many of those didn't even make it to the floor or those 88? Well, the only ones that didn't make it to the floor were five. Five didn't make it. So that's still pretty good for only five not making it. And most of those were just they were left in committees. They didn't get a vote on. They didn't. They didn't get that push forward, but we did have a quite a number um, get incorporated to other bills that also passed. So that kind of helps to get that number a little bit if we wanted to redo our math. But still, it's our valley reps. They did pretty well so far. Uh, we call it our top three, and I'm sure it is the listeners' uh, top three as well. Guns, ERA, and marijuana. How are we looking on those three? Yeah, so I mean, from the first week we started doing this podcast, we've been touching on these three subjects, and for once we can actually talk about all three this time. You know, we've been kind of waiting to see what was going to be happening with this marijuana legislation. The last update was that they were still in committees, but now we can at least say it's is moving forward, at least the decriminalizing part of it. The House moved that forward, so that's going to go to the Senate to figure out they're going to agree with it, make some changes, who knows at this point. We also had an update on the ERA with the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, this week, the U.S. House passed a resolution removing that deadline to ratify the ERA. So at this point, I mean, Virginia pretty much did it. They were that final state. So it's a little bit more of a moving forward, not so much in that limbo, cloudy area. But we still got to figure out. I mean, it's not going to be set in stone until it's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, But also with um, gun legislation, you know, when we started this session, Northam had eight key gun legislation bills that he was putting up or he was sponsoring. He wanted to happen. And all those bills were still alive and well, and they passed the House, but not all the same measures passed the Senate. So they're still, while we're in this flip-flop part of the session, we got to figure out which ones are going to move forward, which ones have to be changing the language, which ones we're going to agree on, because we can't have two different versions of the same thing moving forward. But some of these things that we... um, won't quite be seeing in the House because the Senate didn't um, pass reporting lost or stolen firearms and updating a law that would um, about adults recklessly allowing a loaded firearm around a minor. So there are two things that the Senate didn't push forward, but we still have the House moving things. So it's just a question of what's next and, you know, these bills that the House put forward, is the Senate going to be like, oh, no. So, <laughs> uh, you don't do you, do you foresee any of these being DOA when they when they switch hands? I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm still kind of surprised that there uh, any of these bills are moving forward to begin with. I mean, just kind of going into that shift of power here, but as we've kind of been able to notice, the Senate has been. Um, a little bit more like not on it, or I guess they're they're taking more time digging into and okay. discussing. And Marco Benshane made a good point of a lot of bills, they're pretty much doing surgery on them, per se. So it's kind of just 
while one house is moving forward when the other house or one side isn't, it's kind of just a figuring out, okay, what are we actually going to agree on? And if we aren't, what's going to be left behind? And is Northam going to be happy at the end of the day? Gotcha. <laughs> uh, still, uh, we're like five, four or five weeks into the rebirth of this, and we still don't have a theme song for our segment, Local Dudes. Uh, Delegate Rob Bell, our Elmarrow, we could probably call the, the busiest of the beavers down there locally uh, for us. Uh, how are his, you know, 458, I'm exaggerating slightly, bills that he introduced doing? I mean, he's so far been the only delegate here in the Valley who has had a bill basically pass the General Assembly. He had um, one of his bills that we hadn't really quite touched on, but it would essentially provide that any leave of absence or furlough permitted by the director of a work release program for an offender participating in the work release program to be subject for approval by the sheriff of a local jail where the offender is participating in a work release program and that the chief of um, police, sheriff, or chief law enforcement official of the locality in which the prisoner will stay. That was passed by the House and Senate um, on crossover day, and it was unanimous. So that is now awaiting Governor Northam's um, final signature of approval. And, I mean, it's pretty quick to have a bill pass on both sides, and especially to have one of our own here get to that far. I mean, he's, he's trucking along. He has... Put a lot out there at first. <laughs> he's been he's been crazy with with these bills uh, in a, in, a, in a in a good legislative way. Uh, uh, rookie Runyon, uh, five bills this session, two passed the House. Uh, you know how you know I guess that one bill that did pass the House. Which one was that? We had one that we've been kind of focusing on, and that's the those who may be disabled and sexual abuse and that tr- type of um, training and advocating for them. And that that was a bill. It was put out there by Ark of Virginia, and it was but one that Chris Runyon has been talking about before his first day in session that he was an advocate for and he was hoping would move forward. And it has. It did pass the House. And Ori is heading on to the Senate floor because it just passed the Committee on Education and Health on Thursday. So it's he's by end, end of next week, we may have an update that he may be the second Valley rep here that has a bill to basically pass the General Assembly. What about Broadway's very own Tony Wilt? He's been doing pretty well, too. You know, he's had um, on crossover day, he had a bill go forward that would require the Department of Education to collect data from school board school boards regarding their ability to file school or fill school counselor positions. So this bill passed. It was 92 to, to 7. But something that was a little bit interesting was Delegate Todd Gilbert. He was in opposition of it. And, you know, it's hard to get a hold of Todd Gilbert nowadays and pretty much it happens kind of every session. And then Runyon also just didn't vote for it. So there's kind of that gray area of, you know, why are your essentially coworkers not agreeing with you? But, you know, it's still moved forward. And he's had a, all of his ag stuff or ag-related issues that's moved forward. And you know, so he's, I mean, he's fitting the bill with everyone else is that they've had a lot move forward. So they're doing pretty well. Mark Obenshane. We've spoken a lot about Mark Obenshane. He's had a lot to say so far this week. You know, he's still kind of 
getting in those extra hours of sleep throughout the week that he missed. <laughs> and he's still not shaving. For those of you either not in the know, he's still got his session beard uh, going. His Christmas beard. His Christmas beard. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you may not recognize him if you run into him in Richmond, but he is he's rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's same vote. I mean, he says stuff moving forward to one of his um, Senate bills. It's the number is 705 for those who care to look it up. It would provide that the clerk of circuit court shall collect any fee specified by the United States Department of State for possession and is issuing a U.S. passport. And another bill that also went through would establish the dairy produce producer margin coverage premium assistance program. And those are going to be moving forward. You know, we don't know if they'll have the same fate in the House. There's a lot more people that have to go forward but it, with it. But they did have a bill that's going to be um, continued to 2021. It's going to be one that would permit a court to fine a person no more than $200 for failure to respond to a request from a jury commissioner or clerk of court containing questions to a person's eligibility to serve on a jury which makes me very thankful that I submitted those questions yes. when I did. <laughs> yes. And then uh, what about uh, Emmett Hanger? Yeah, so he's been a little bit more on the quiet side here. I mean, one of the one bills that he has talked about pretty frequently is his Virginia Redistricting Commission and establishing that. But that was um, killed in a committee a week prior to crossover day. But there's still legislation similar to that. So that idea of this redistricting commission is still alive and well. It's just not going to have Hanger's sole name on it this go around. What are we looking for moving forward, Jessica? (sighs) Moving forward, I mean, after crossover day, things have been pretty quiet, silent. You know, a lot of committee meetings are still being canceled. I think the Senate was... And, um, in today for 17 minutes and the house I don't think think made an hour which is very different than Tuesday's yes. situation but you know we're kind of going back to how day one was where we're getting all these fresh new bills moving forward seeing how we're going to play things out but we're still we're at least halfway into we know how things are going to go but still that same dynamic of oh it's day one again but we have till March fifth to make any final decisions and that's gonna be creeping up very quickly and i imagine that march 4th and march 5th are gonna be very 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 long nights if not longer than how tuesday was and i i hope there's enough caffeine in the general assembly building to accommodate for that i'm sure there will be jessica tell these people how they can follow your general assembly stuff on twitter and the facebook on twitter you can find me at wetzler underscore jessica and then if you go on facebook just search journalist jessica wetzler and i will have pretty much the same updates as i have on twitter but maybe a little bit extra so do both and if you go on to dnronline.com you could read jessica's stuff and if you click in the staff uh, tab up in the upper left hand corner you can see her photo and it has links to her facebook and twitter account along with her email uh, and phone number uh, for any of your ga needs jessica we will talk to you next week thanks for joining us yeah thanks so much